Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. This is our land is Zicky Dice, and you're listening to the All Night Long Podcast. It's the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. With the Enforcer. I believe they're called Enforcers, Gordon. I sell women's shoes. And the Stallion. Stallion, baby! I am not what you would call a handsome man. I'll kick you in the nuts and you'll smile at me and like it. All night! Oh, didn't see you there. Just kidding. Welcome back to another edition of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. We are your host. He's a stallion. I am the enforcer. And you are checking out yet another week with your uh, favorite underperforming, underwhelming, overachieving podcast duo. Some would say the best of the worst. And that's, I think that's a fair assessment. Don't you, Joe? High praise. praise. (laughs) Listen, uh, it's not often when we podcast. Uh, Today it's uh, Thursday, June 11th. It's about 8 o'clock. Things are popping off. I wonder if this is more breaking news. People commenting in our group chat about the breaking news. That's really what it comes down to. So the good news is uh, we do have some breaking news to discuss. It seems like, you know, we we have a fun show. We we do have a fun show later because if you're a fan of buddy cop movies, and if you're not a fan of buddy cop movies, just get the fuck off of this podcast. This show, we're doing our five count. uh, Sorry about that. I'm sorry. Dude, you fucking love body buddy cop movies. What are you just, talking about? I was just doing a bit. That's cool. You are you were ribbing me. It was a harmful one. It was a harmful rib. So later on in the show, we're doing a five count because three in enough, man. I need five. Five count. Our top five buddy cop movies. And to bring it back to the wrestling theme, what wrestlers could play the roles in those movies? I had a lot of fun doing that. I'm a big a big movie guy, and another thing that you and I both love happens just coincidentally. Buddy cop movies were huge in the '80s, and we fucking love the '80s, dude. So it really uh, it worked out well. So we're gonna touch on that later. But the breaking news um, last hour or so: Paul Heyman has been removed from the Monday Night Raw creative team. Now, um, all 
everything I read um, stated that he, you know, he's still going to be an on-air talent, I guess, for he's going to be the advocate for Brock Lesnar. But he is going to be removed from creative. Creative will now be overseen by Bruce Pritchard, a.k.a. Brother Love, and they are going to unite the SmackDown and the Rosh um, writing teams to have one writing team for both shows. Um, so here's the thing. Um, I listen to Busted Open Radio a lot, and um, two guys on that show, Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray. Joe hates that I'm putting over another show, but hear me out. I'm going somewhere with this. Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray, they have very close knowledge of the inner workings of the Paul Heyman mind. They know how Paul Heyman books angles and stuff like that. And he could, they both say without saying it, when an angle is happening on Raw, that it's a Paul Heyman idea. Now, Paul Heyman wasn't the end all be all of creative, but there were a lot of ideas that he came up with. And a lot of what they had talked about um, was stuff that, some of the only stuff on Monday Night Raw that I actually liked. So there's no I I I'm really struggling to see why Joe they would do this aside from maybe the ratings being down. But I mean it's and we're in the middle we're still in the middle of the pandemic here and now whatever else is going on in the world. Do you think it's strictly attributed to the ratings? Um, I'm sure it's not strictly attributed to the ratings um i'm sure that's i'm guessing that's a big part of it or definitely a part of it right Uh, the ratings have gone down to all-time lows for monday night raw and you know a few months ago a lot of that was attributed to the pandemic and people watching the news um the empty arena no fan shows for pro wrestling being um less entertaining um so i'm sure that's definitely playing a role in Heyman being removed I don't know what Heyman was like to work with this time around. So, you know, I know back in his days when he was running SmackDown in the early 2000s, um, there was a lot of friction between him and the McMahons um, with some of the ways that he would present ideas or push for things. I, I'd heard from, you know, just WWE talking heads that he had calmed down with that. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it as well. Um, and it could just be, you know, I don't know, maybe Vince just doesn't want to deal with two different executive directors for two different shows, and he wants to go through one person uh, to oversee it. And Pritchard had spent a long time with the company before he was he was let, he left to let go, whatever it was, uh, back in, I think, the late 2000s, early 2010, something like well, that. Well, he was fired in 92. It came back. Came back. Year. Yeah. Yeah, so he's had like a very on again, off again relationship with the company, and then he was even he, you know, he had a cup of coffee and TNA and stuff like that. But I think, you know, very much what you're saying. When did Pritchard come in? WrestleMania three. I think it was right around that time of Hogan Andre. Yeah, I, I think that's that's right. Um, I think he came in around that time, um, and then like you said, he was there till ninety two, left in ninety two, came back. Uh, I think the next year in 93, he was not there for WrestleMania 8, I believe is, that's the one that I know for sure. Um, and then he was there, I think, until the late 2000s, and then he also ran into um, the Stephanie McMahon buzzsaw, and he left at that time, and he was gone for a while. And he just came back last year after 
like you said, they announced uh, Heyman and Bischoff last, I think it was last summer. So like, I don't even think Heyman made it a year as the executive director of Raw. And Bischoff was the executive director of SmackDown. That only lasted a few months. Um, he was let go. Pritchard has come in. And in less than a year, he is now overseeing creative for both Raw and SmackDown. Um, so I guess those are the reasons that I would speculate as to why um, Heyman is no longer there or is you know, being relieved of his duties for that role. And I guess I wonder now what that will mean for Monday Night Raw and how that will change the show in what ways the show will change. So what ways do you think this, this will now change the way that Monday Night Raw looks every week with Heyman no longer being a part of the creative process? Before I respond to that, I want to give you a date. Uh, June 27th, 2019, Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman were hired. So he is 50 weeks couldn't even make it the full 52 weeks, Paul Heyman. He, uh, Eric Bischoff lasted, I don't know, uh, long enough to have a cheese Danish. And uh, Paul Heyman lasted a year. How is it going to affect the product? You care about the product. You know, sorry, a little Eddie Kingston. David Starr? Um, yeah. Oh, this is a David Starr rant. No? Okay, sorry. Okay, continue. No, this is a Outlaw Inc. Care about <laughs> You know, people not worrying about their lollipops and their shoot interviews. Uh, see, the thing is, Raw's been unbearable for some time. And people are like, oh, you're a WWE hater. No, shut up. I'm not. It's three hours. If you're going to put on a three-hour show, it better be a damn good show. Because if you take the best parts of Raw and you trimmed it down to a two-hour show, you would have a much more manageable show to watch. But you don't. You've got three hours. You've got video packages among video packages on highlight packages on bullshit backstage segments. You have a talented roster on Monday Night Raw. And for all intents and purposes, what the Internet has called Paul Heyman guys or guys that Paul Heyman has been very high on guys like um, you just mentioned, Austin Theory, clearly um, uh, Seth Rollins, of course, but um, Austin Theory. The Street Profits, Alistair Black. Um, who else am I forgetting, Joe? That was big Paul Heyman guys. Well, I think I think Drew McIntyre is somebody that he has probably gotten behind pretty good, especially given the way that he was booked around WrestleMania time. Uh, you know, like you, like you mentioned, the Rollins, Buddy Murphy, Austin Theory, that crew of guys. Buddy I Murphy. think I think is some people that he pushed for. I know he pushed for some people. On NXT. Yeah. Um, no, 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 you're right. Uh, you mentioned earlier because you uh, you mentioned Andrade too. Yeah, I think the Andrade and Angel Garza, and then um, you know some guys that he I believe had pushed for, but it didn't really work out so much with uh, Ricochet, Cedric Alexander. Um, you know, I was just thinking recently about the last few weeks of Raw, the last month, and you know, since uh, Money in the Bank, you know they they debuted Bianca Belair after WrestleMania. And I haven't seen her in quite some time. And <laughs> Shayna Baszler hasn't been on Raw in quite some time either. And I know maybe things got screwed up because, you know, uh, of the change in direction with Becky Lynch having to leave due to her pregnancy or something. But um, I don't know if that, how much that impacted Baszler. I'm guessing it did some. But they haven't been on the show in a while um, either. So, um, yeah, it's. I mean, they, there's been guys that, I, from what I understand or what I've read, that he's been pushing for. So I, you wonder if those guys will be impacted by him no longer uh, being the lead creative for for Raw over the course of those three hours, and uh, will different people get pushes? Will certain people's you know position on the card change? Um, 
you know, will alliances change, you know, face turn, heel turn, things like that? Uh, will we see more comedy, more goofy, goofy skits? Um, you know, I, I'm guessing that's, that's just based off of what I know as far as how SmackDown is versus how Raw is. But uh, not that Raw is lacking on its goofy skits, but you, you never know. I guess Bruce seems like more of a guy that um, I don't want to call him a yes man for Vince, but I think he certainly is more in line with communicating with Vince and I guess you know them having a good a better dialogue as far as, far as what Vince probably wants to see on these shows every week so I, I get the sense that it will go back to seeing more you know Vince McMahon pushed or preferred uh, matches and angles on television every week yeah um, I've been a listener of um, Bruce's and Conrad's podcast for quite some time and he's very He's very protective of Vince McMahon, and Conrad is um, contrarian to a lot of what Vince says and and what Vince's ideologies and what Vince does. And Bruce, even before Bruce went back to work for Vince, he was very quick to, you know, he would poke fun at Vince a little bit, but when it came to business and wrestlers and who to push, he was like, he was very, you know, very protective, almost like like a father figure, which is what a lot of the people say that Vince loves. He's like a father figure. Like, so you've got, you brought back the WCW guy in Bischoff to run a show on Friday nights. You brought back the ECW guy in Paul Heyman to run your show on Monday nights. The reason why you brought those guys back is because they were new creative minds. And even the most creative people get burnt out. How many fucking M night Shumala movies are out there and like what one or two out of every 15 are good you get burnt out creatively of this shit so you, you know it's kind of like when they tell a wrestler back in the day to go learn a new hold leave the territory and come back to freshen it up it's the same way with creative so the idea to me was okay we have a new mind two new minds of creative that have a little bit of a different mindset than what we've been doing because what the reason why we're bringing in new people in is because the product for the most part sucks it, it's been it, like just a baseline for however long. And with Roman not being there and with John Cena gone, you don't have that next big star. And so when you bring in these new minds creatively and they they cultivate the talent on their roster, and like you said, Paul Heyman pushed to bring these guys up for SmackDown because he wanted to use the new talent on Raw to make new names for themselves. I don't think you're going to get that with Bruce Pritchard. And a lot of the t- the times on the show what I hear Bruce Pritchard say is that they um so and so wasn't big enough or they would they didn't the infamous quote is would that guy stand out in an airport. That's kind of or looks good on an 8 by 10. That's what Pritchard cares about because that's what Vince McMahon cares about and you know you're entertaining an audience of one. So you're probably going to see more of the guys like Keith Lee Donovan Dijak, the guys that stand out and look like real monsters. And we were just having this conversation in our group chat with BK and Kyle about Adam Cole going to the main roster. And why will Adam Cole not, um, you and I don't think he would have a very fruitful main roster experience strictly because of his size. Well, guess what? Now you've got a guy that cares even more about the size than you had before. I, I don't, uh, I don't watch Raw um, as it is, to be completely honest with you. I'll catch little bits and pieces here and there, but it's not weekly viewing, and I don't think it's going to be going forward if it's going to head in the direction that we think it's going to. Yeah, I mean, I guess the last thing I'll just say on it is, um, yeah, I think to your point about, uh, you know, the writing these these two shows, you know, I, 
I think a lot of people, if people who follow the, the writing stuff, the backstage when Vince Russo left in '99, um, part of the reason that he left was because he was burning, getting burnt out, having to try to now write, you know, two shows. He was going to have to write Raw and SmackDown, which were at that point two hours a week. SmackDown had just started in '99, and uh, him and Ed Ferrara, I think, were, you know, looking to get away from that, so they left and went to WCW. Well, now you're looking at, you know, Bruce Prichard having to oversee five hours of television every week. Um, and then on a pay-per-view week, you know, probably eight to nine hours of TV, you know, of TV every week uh, in a particular week. So I think that's going to be, I mean, for any human, I, that's got to be hard to do. I don't know um, how that will be for him. But I guess in terms of to, to wrap it up from my side, you know, to, to think of what, what will happen and how it'll, you know, alter the quality of the show. I think um, for me personally, I would predict that the quality of the show will go down. I, I do watch Raw every week um, for the most part. I, I catch most of the show. Um, and there are some things on there that I don't like that I think are, are kind of silly. But there are a lot of things on there that I think are good. Um, and they're pushing some guys, like you said, like the Street Profits, I think, deserve the push. And um, you know, McIntyre deserves a push. And I like Andrade and Garza. And you know, it's hard to tell now with the crowds not being there in terms of how people really getting over. But um, I don't know. I don't know if these pushes for some of these guys are going to change or uh, or not, but I think we're going to start to see some different people get pushed, and I don't know. My prediction is that it's going to be less a lower-quality show for me personally. I don't know how it'll be for everybody else. That, that's my expectation, but maybe, maybe you'll be pleasantly surprised. I don't know. And I just want to make it clear. I don't necessarily not watch Raw because of the talent on the show. You know, I don't watch Raw because it, it's so navigating through the show, you know, as somebody watches it every week is really hard to do, Joe. Like, you know, it's really hard to sit through, you know, the segments just to get to a decent to above average match because the talent is so strong, but it's just the, the formula of the show, everything makes it very, very hard to get to the good stuff. And if, like I said, that's why it'd be a good two hour show because you could pry through, the bullshit just to get to the good matches where it's Andrade versus Rey Mysterio or a, a good segment from um, from the champ uh, Drew I almost said Galloway Drew McIntyre, but uh, you know we'll uh, we'll keep tabs on the situation as they say and um, you know we'll be here going forward ranting about it every single week. But you know let's get to uh, the next part of the show. But before we do. I just want to say, man, it's great to have New Japan Pro Wrestling back, isn't it? How nice was that announcement last week? Yeah, I mean, that's great to see. Of course, they haven't run shows since, I think, February. So, um, you know, they had a press conference earlier this week, announced that they were coming back, I think, starting this weekend, Monday. Um, They're going to do empty arena shows for about a month, and then they're going to end up starting to let fans in at, I think, about 25% capacity or thereabouts uh, in July. So they're doing the New Japan Cup. Um, The bracket just came out for that, so I know we'll be looking at that at some point in the near future. Maybe we'll hopefully get a chance to discuss it on the show. Uh, And then they're going to start doing those shows uh, next week. So they'll be back, so anybody who subscribes to New Japan World gets some new content. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's been way too long um, since we've had content for a New Japan World, so that's uh, that'll be a fun next week. But without further ado, man, let's get to our five count, our top five list of our top five favorite buddy cop movies and what wrestlers you think could play the actors in those movies. 
I think it's fair if we go one for one. I'm sure we're going to have some overlap in here. But do you want to start? You want me to start? Whatever you want, pal. Um. Yeah. No. You, why don't you go ahead and start? I mean, I, I, the way I did this was I basically tried to focus on um, you know wrestlers that I thought would be able to fill the parts in these buddy cop movies. So, um, you know, um, exactly. yeah, well, you can, why don't you give it a start and then I will, uh, I'll go for, after you. All real right. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to start with a newer one. Uh, number five for me is the other guys, mm-hmm. Mark Wahlberg, Will Ferrell. Very, very funny movie. This one took some, this was probably actually the easiest one that came to me. Um, Alan Gamble in that movie. He was, um, I'll just say he was Will Ferrell. I got Joey Ryan for uh, for Will Ferrell in this movie, and this is a is, this one's a, I don't know why I just pictured this dude killing Mark Wahlberg, Josh Briggs playing Mark Wahlberg's role in that movie, especially when he's like slamming everything, and then he's like very funny and sarcastic in the camera. So number five, I got the other guys starring Joey Ryan and Josh Briggs. Nice. Okay, so I went with um, you know I had to go through. Uh, list of all the buddy cop movies because there's just so many over the years that I've watched and I'm trying to remember um, what it was. So the first one I guess that jumped out at me was uh, 21 Jump Street um, and uh, Team Tremendous obviously is kind of does a pseudo gimmick of, uh, of cops as it is. So I felt like, you know, so Dan Barry and uh, Bill so Carr good. in uh, 21 Jump Street, I feel like. So anybody who's independent wrestling fans may hopefully knows uh, Team Tremendous. Those guys are very good wrestlers and very entertaining wrestlers. So I'm going to go with uh, those two guys for 21 Jump Street. And uh, my next one, I, uh, again, went to the independent scene. This is the, I, Two of these are independent wrestlers, and the rest of them are more mainstream. Um, the old uh, Turner and Hooch uh, movie from years ago. <clears throat> and uh, I just feel like Solo Darling and Officer Magnum would fit into that pretty well. So anybody who knows Solo Darling and her gimmick, I think that would slide in uh, – Pretty well to the uh, context of that movie. So uh, that's, those are the first two for me on my uh, my list that I came up with. Dude, those are so good. Team, I don't know how I, I slept on Team Tremendous. Team as Twenty One Jump Street. Who would be who? I don't even know. I just I just want to see those guys. Uh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. All right, I'm gonna go number four for me. Beverly Hills Cop. Now this was a buddy cop movie, but there were three cops. Axel Foley, there was uh, Billy Rosewood, who was Judge Reinhold, and then uh, John Taggart, who was the older, a little bit bearded, drinking, funny cop. So for me, Axel Foley, John Moxley, Billy Rosewood, Cole Cabana, and then Taggart would be played by James Storm. I mean, to me, that that movie that that's ratings, man. That's ratings all day. Um, uh, next, uh, all right. I'm gonna go all right. Three for me. This is tough because I I love all of these movies so much. Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. So now this one, this this was so this was. This was probably the most fun I've had researching a podcast because I was watching scenes on like YouTube and stuff like that and just picturing what wrestlers can go in there. So Riggs and Murtaugh. Riggs is Mel Gibson and Murtaugh is Danny Glover. Riggs is the hot shot, doesn't care about life, crazy guy. And uh, Murtaugh is the older, seasoned, I'm not too old for this shit cop. So for me, Murtaugh, Yvonne Dudley. Riggs, Hangman Page. 
Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That, so interesting. So I had lethal weapon on my list here too. So I'll I'll do that one next. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, I tried to do it in the same a similar vein as as you know obviously how the characters are like as you, as you describe them. So I went. Um, you know, Farouk and Bradshaw, I thought APA, right? I could see Farouk being the uh, the older guy who's kind of a little bit bitter and salty about things, and Bradshaw just not giving, giving a crap about anything, just given what we know about him. Uh, so I have them. Um, and then I have two more left, so I'll, I'll do this one. Um, Rush Hour. Have you you've seen Rush Hour, I think, right? So that's seen all three of them. Of course. So I uh, <clears throat> Jackie Chan and um, – why can't I remember uh, – Chris Tucker. Thank you. Uh, so for the Jackie Chan role and Chris Tucker, I went Akira Tozawa and uh, Montez Ford. <laughs> I thought the, I think Montez Ford's hilarious. So I feel like uh, he would fit into that uh, yeah. pretty well. Can you picture those two guys uh, in a movie just bouncing back I, and forth with the comedy? I could literally picture. Yeah, I could totally picture that right now. Kafil okay. Kafish. Yeah, like I could totally <laughs> picture that, that whole movie in my head. Man, you're all right. You're batting a thousand. Um, Next up for me is a movie that is near and dear to both of our hearts, Running Scared, the 1986 classic under the radar, um, Roy Hughes, I'm sorry, uh, Ray Hughes and Danny Costanzo. Billy Crystal plays Danny Costanzo, and Gregory Hines plays Roy Hughes. This one I went back and forth on, because this one's a little bit difficult for me. So for Danny Costanzo, I went Daniel Bryan. And for Roy Hughes, Caprice Coleman. I like that. Yeah, I think that fits. That fits. I think they well. would play well off of each other. Really good comedic timing. Yeah. And uh, so number one, my all-time top five dead or alive favorite movie ever. Cop movie, buddy cop. I don't care what kind of movie it is. My number one is Bad Boys. Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. The greatest movie ever made. <laughs> this one was the easiest for me to come up with. Marcus Burnett is Martin Lawrence. Mike Lowry is Will Smith. Santana and Ortiz. <laughs> Tell me you can't picture Ortiz playing every Martin Lawrence spot in that movie. And especially <laughs> in, the, uh, in the stadium stampede when Ortiz is getting out and he looks back and he's like, yeah, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> you and I... It was so good. Those guys are absolutely hilarious. So I thought they would make a great Marcus and Mike. I think yeah, those guys should be uh, those guys should be in a movie somehow. Whatever it ends up being, those guys deserve to be in a movie. Um, the only one I had left here is uh, yeah, so this is more. Uh, we talk about this all the time off air. Was uh, we we both watch Miami Vice the show a lot, and uh, but they made a movie out of it. So I wanted to you know include it here in the list. They did make a movie. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll, I think I'll, I'll allow it. These two guys would be better in the movie than the guys that actually were in the movie, but this is what I think anyway. So uh, we got Sonny Jamie Crockett, um, and uh, yeah, I think it was uh, that guy who was like really popular in the nine in like the two thousand. Colin Farrell. Yeah, there you go. And I'm not really sure what he's doing these days, but anyway. Um, um So yeah, Sonny Crockett, which more famously was played by Don Johnson, and then uh, you know Ricardo Tubbs. Uh, Philip Michael Thomas, I think, is the uh, the TV yep. show guy and in the movie. Yep. So I'm going with um, Keith Lee for uh, Ricardo Tubbs because I feel like he's like a cool, right, like funny dude. And then you got to go Sonny Crockett. There's only one choice, Adam Cole. Oh, my God. <laughs> dude, that's so good. 
Keith Lee and Adam Cole together? Frankly, I don't know why WWE Studios isn't listening to us right now. They have money everywhere. The how much fun was this man going back and thinking about these movies and just picturing wrestlers in the roles of these? Oh, that's that's good stuff, man. That was uh, that was a really good list. I appreciate you digging into um, you know digging into the old memory bank of what you came up with. It was it was a hell of a list on your part. Uh, yours as well. I appreciate you coming up with the idea for us. I wanted to make sure I did my research. And uh, yeah, I mean, two two schmoes out on Long Island came up with those ten movie ideas, and you know they're just out there consolidating writing teams for two shows, uh, five hours every week. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't seem that hard. I don't get it, but you know, no, whatever. it's not. And. Uh, I want to, you know, I think what we should do, um, we should reach out to a lot of the talent that we spoke to with our ideas to see, uh, to see if they agree or disagree. I feel like Caprice Coleman, if anybody has seen Running Scared, it's probably Caprice Coleman, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I can't see how Dan Barry wouldn't be all in on doing a movie at some point. The guy's a wrestler, he's a comedian, he's just a really all-around great guy. Yeah, he's hilarious, and he has a new podcast, a tremendously awkward podcast. Like it's, He's kind of like a more successful version of us right yeah yeah that yeah. sounds yeah that's i mean you could that's that's probably a lot of people you could describe that way but i think this in this case it definitely applies yes he's self-deprecating but he gets paid for it see we're self-deprecating and we pay for it so there's there's a difference that's for sure well listen man this was a very fun edition of the all night long wrestling podcast we appreciate all you guys checking us out we want to hear your ideas. If you if you like movies, it doesn't even have to be a buddy cop movie. Oh, you know, like for example, like Happy Gilmore. Who would be happy and who would be uh, who would be chub? There's so many options out there, man. So if you guys are you guys like us, you're big movie buffs. You love the comedy. Send us your ideas. I'd love to see some of the uh, some of the combinations that people come up with. It was really a blast going back and looking at that. And uh, you know, we'll keep uh, we'll keep paying attention see what happens with the paul Heyman situation hopefully we come back to you guys before the new japan cup starts i believe in five days from now we should have another episode up we maybe do some brackets get a little bit of gambling going on here and you know legal gambling we'll you know play for uh gold coins or something right yeah, that's pogs legal. pogs i think is a popular thing uh, still. i mean it's New York. It's not legal for me to um, walk outside of my house without a painter's mask on. So we're going to do the best we can. Um, be sure to follow us along everywhere at All Night Long WP on all of your medias that are social. Facebook.com slash All Night Long WP. And um, for another edition of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast, he is your host. He's the Stallion. I'm the Elmer Fudd to his Daffy Duck. I'm the Enforcer. And we are tapping out.